0: All I could feel were all of these slimy, slithering bodies going around my legs and in between my legs, and and then the next thing you know, a shark was just on the back of my foot.
1: From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Caroline Ballard. This time, we'll hear about a woman who thought she'd found her purpose in life. But then, she was attacked by the very thing she believed in. Debbie Salamone worked as an environmental reporter at the Orlando Sentinel.
0: I mean, I covered manatees. I wrote about the Everglades. And I did do a lot of stories about development and how development would be impacting the community environmentally. How fulfilling was that work to you? Oh, it's extremely fulfilling. I mean, when you feel like you're making a difference, it really is just the ultimate for your work. I mean, you really hope that you can leave a lasting impact.
1: And like any good Floridian, Debbie loved the beach.
0: I spent most of my upbringing at the beach. I loved the ocean, bouncing around in the waves, and I never really gave sharks a second thought. That is,
1: until one day in August of 2004.
0: It was uh, one of those really hot, muggy, sunny summer days where you just want to get into the water. Well, I was there late in the afternoon and swimming, but in Florida, as everybody knows, an afternoon thunderstorm can roll in at any time. So it started to get a little bit cloudy and overcast, and then I could hear a little bit of thunder in the distance, and I thought, oh, okay, it's time to get out because you certainly don't want to get struck by lightning. So I turn around to walk toward the shore, and then all of a sudden this big fish just jumped out of the water right next to me. And as soon as I saw that fish, I thought, "Uh uh-oh, that's really not a good sign. All I could feel were all of these slimy, slithering bodies going around my legs and in between my legs. And and then the next thing you know, a shark was just on the back of my foot. I was kicking wildly to get it off, but it just bit down harder. I couldn't tell what was happening because the waves were churning up the sand and I couldn't see anything, even though I was only in waist-deep water about 50 feet off the shore. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I, I could be in the middle of this feeding frenzy. I, I don't know how many sharks are even down there. It just felt like there was all kinds of things down there going on. I just couldn't see anything. All I knew is I just wanted to get out of there. And so at this point now, I'm, I'm panicking. I, I, I'm, I'm realizing what the situation is, that there is actually a shark on the back of my foot. I'm screaming with my arms outstretched. It's got me. It's got me. And uh, I don't really know when it let go. I, I just couldn't tell. I thought it was back there eating my foot. So I'm trying to get to shore, but every step I take is becoming more difficult because the water's getting more shallow, and I can't put any pressure on my right foot. The front of my leg is now folding over the top of my foot. And I knew something was just horribly wrong. My companion there, he grabbed me by my hands and just started dragging me through the water and then sort of picked me up and then dragged me some more. And eventually I collapsed onto the sand and I only had the courage to look back once. I could see my foot just going in different directions. It was just completely mangled and shredded. There were just big hunks of flesh kind of hanging off. There was all this blood staining the sand and washing out with the waves, and I just I, I, so I just looked around and I, I stared down at the sand. Unbelievably, this nurse was taking a walk and she came along and she saw all this blood, and this, and she heard the screaming, and she jumped into action right away. She grabbed my beach towel and wrapped up my foot, and and meanwhile now that the storm is coming and it's. It, Thunder's really loud, and the lightning is cracking, and it's windy, and and the tide's coming in. So we have to keep crawling on one knee and two hands to try and get up out of the water while she's holding onto my foot, keeping it elevated.
1: Eventually, the rescue workers showed up and took Debbie to the hospital. But her worries weren't over, because Debbie was also a ballroom dancer, and she loved that just as much as her journalism work.
0: I just felt like ballroom dancing was a great expression of emotion that you could just fly across the floor and be creative in the way you move and, you know, you could just dance with reckless abandon. Especially after spending a week in the newsroom. You really need that kind of thing. When I was in the emergency room, I really was afraid I was going to be permanently damaged. Uh, Of course, I was screaming, you know, I'm a ballroom dancer, I'm a ballroom dancer, you know, please make sure you fix me right. The Achilles, it was just completely severed and so then it popped back up into my leg so that the surgeon was able to reach in there and pull it down and reattach it to the bottom part that was still on the foot. After a few days, I come home, and I'm sitting on the couch now with my leg elevated in this huge bandages, and it took a long time to be able to walk. Uh, walking's one thing. Dancing was going to be another thing because that really requires so much of the foot, so I really was very worried all that time that I'm sitting here in the house, and in my closet, there are my, my beautiful ballroom dance gowns and my high-heeled shoes, and, and I'm thinking to myself, will I ever get into those shoes and dresses again? As time goes on, I, I became more angry at the shark. You know, how, how, how dare this shark, especially me, the environmental journalist who's all about conservation and making sure that, you know, all the animals are taken care of and the land's taken care of and the ocean you know, is conserved. Here I'm the one who ends up being attacked by the, the very thing I'm trying to protect. I, I, I started questioning my, my my whole dedication to environmental conservation, and I can even remember being driven to the doctor one day and looking all around me um, at all the pavement and the roads, and and I thought to myself, you know, pavement is good, you know, pa- pavement's not so bad. And and at that point, really, if they if there was a proposal to like pave over half the ocean, I really would have been fine with that. I was so. I was really frustrated and angry. I remember making plans, thinking, okay, next August, the year's anniversary of this attack, I am going to go out and eat shark steak in revenge because I'm going to be on the top of the food chain again. So anyway, um, here I am, just, like, sitting here with my leg up and I can't move. I'm scooting around the house on my behind just to get something out of the refrigerator.
1: About nine months after the attack, Debbie's editors at the Orlando Sentinel asked her to write a story for the beginning of beach season. The pitch? Going back into the water for the first time since she'd been bitten by the shark. So I went
0: back to the beach, and I met up with a nurse who had helped me. We held hands and we walked into the ocean together, and I can't think of a better way to to go back in than to go with her. It was really very, uh, it was very meaningful, and I felt at peace with the ocean. I knew that I could be comfortable there again. It was a way for me to let go of the anger, the frustration, the fear. I could have that relationship again, with nature that I had so valued through most of my life and felt that I almost lost. Sharks aren't by nature coming to eat you. Most shark attacks are a case of mistaken identity, which is exactly what happened to me. The fish that jumped out of the water was a lot smarter than I was. It got out of the way, and there was my foot looking awfully fish-like. And it happened to end up in the shark's mouth, and it was just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. With these shark attacks being so rare, about 80 people worldwide each year attacked by a shark, why on earth did it happen to me? And so I'm thinking and thinking, and I felt like there had to be some kind of a reason. And I felt like maybe this was really just a test. That's what I decided to see it as, a test, a test of my commitment to environmental conservation. And if I could overcome this animosity toward the sharks, then it would really prove that I could be an ocean advocate and that I could be an environmental advocate.
1: Now, Debbie works with the Pew Charitable Trusts in their shark conservation initiative.
0: I know that I can make a difference. I know that I can use my experience to get the word out that sharks are in terrible trouble. I mean, 100 million sharks are killed each year mostly for their fins to make shark fin soup. They take a shark out of the water, slice off the fins, and sometimes dump the animal back into the water while it's still alive, where it drowns or bleeds to death. And about half of all species are headed for extinction. So sharks just have this terrible PR problem, and they got these big rows of teeth. And to a lot of people, they are not attractive at all. And they're very scary looking. Are they attractive to you? Yeah, you know, they've, they've actually kind of grown on me because I, I didn't necessarily think they were too attractive. But but yeah, they have kind of grown on me. And now that I know more about them and what they're able to do, and I, I do see a beauty in them. And these animals are in need of someone like me to speak up for them. They They really need help. And
1: not just from Debbie. She's recruited shark attack survivors from all over.
0: A lot of them lost arms and legs. They almost died. Their, their experiences are a thousand times worse than mine, and yet they are shark advocates. And that is, just, that is just amazing to me that they all agreed to be part of the group considering what they went through. They wanted to make something really positive out of something that was very tragic.
1: They've even presented at the UN and the U.S. Capitol.
0: We're a really big hit wherever we go because when you see a bunch of people without arms and legs walking around in matching t-shirts that say shark attack survivor for shark conservation, we really get people to pay attention. Can you tell me about the first time you went back on the ballroom floor? Oh, it was just so wonderful to be back on the dance floor. I can't even describe the elation to be able to do what I loved again, to have that freedom, have be able to move, I was so grateful. I, I can't even tell you, and even to this day, I'll, I'll walk through the just a parking lot going into the grocery store and I'll think to myself, so happy I can just walk.
1: Our storyteller was Debbie Salamone. You can learn more about her work at pewtrusts.org. I'm Caroline Ballard. The show was produced by Aaron Jones, Ryan Oberhelman, Anna Rader, and Micah Schweitzer. And special thanks to Amy Green from Orlando's public radio station, WMFE, for helping record this episode. Find more stories at humannaturepodcast.org. The theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public
0: Media.